In today's episode, we talk about character bleed and consent. Some may find the topics we discuss uncomfortable or upsetting. In keeping with that theme, I wanted to flag that to you. Now, with that said, let's begin the show. Hello and welcome to Roleplay Chat. We are game masters who cannot stop talking about role-playing games. I'm Matt, and today I am joined by the podcaster extraordinaire, Ali. You might know her from Dice Drop Evolution, the player-turned-game goddess. Uh, she's with me today to talk about character bleed. And we're going to get into what that is in a second, but before I do that, and I can already feel myself rambling, Ali, why don't you say hello to the listeners? Hi, I am Allie. I am indeed from Dice Drop Evolution. We are a Mutants and Masterminds actual play podcast. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Dice underscore Drop. And literally, you can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. And if you can't find us someplace where you listen to a podcast, please message me and I will rectify that situation. So, so Allie, you, uh, you game master for Mutants and Masterminds. I've actually never played that system. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about that and other systems that you are familiar with? Did, did you start off with Mutants and Masterminds? No. no uh, of course not. <laughs> it, we, we, you start off with the king, with the, the number one. It's uh, Dungeons and Dragons, the, the, top, the top dog that everybody knows and loves. Um, start off with Dungeons and Dragons. Didn't start streaming it. That's just what I started with, personally. And... Um, Moved into, we. I went from Dungeons and Dragons, did a little bit of Fate, went back to Dungeons and Dragons, and now we're at, now I'm Mutants and Masterminds with a little other ones sprinkled in cool. all around. I love Fate. Fate is like, it's currently see, my bread and butter. I, so I play it here's the thing. I think Fate would be fantastic if they fix their dice system. And that's my only issue with it. Oh, I, I love the enjoy. dice system. It's so good. I, it's like a nice okay, flat so bell curve. It's so I, awesome. I am known in the community as the dice blesser for funny reasons. If you really want me to get into that, I will. But uh, Sure, let's go. Let's hear it. Why, why are you the dice blesser? So um, I take my dice, which no one's going to be able to see this because we're in podcast form, but you can see my face. But like this it, is it makes a handful. great audio. <laughs> this is a handful <laughs> that I uh, pulled out of nowhere, which is right next to me. And um, what I do and everybody in here can judge me, but I can promise you with all of the followers that we have, which we have a very good following, by the way, have tried <laughs> this and they agree it works. Um, you take said dice and you find a consenting pair of titties and you put them in there for a few hours, pop them out and roll them and they will roll you many of crits. And, and I call it my blessing of dice tactic and it Where works every time. <laughs> but fate dice I mean, you hate can bless me. D6. You can bless D6s, could you not? Yeah, no, but here's the thing. They're, they're not just D6s. They're pluses and minuses. So, like, yeah, no matter I, what I do, it, it's like they don't understand the task. <laughs> and so it just doesn't work. Um, for some reason, the, the pieces of plastic and acrylic and resin that have numbers on them understand what the task was. And they agree with it 100% of the time. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm... I, Along with being a DM now, which are, are like famously DMs are just like, I can never crit. It's just not a thing that happens. I crit on my players too much. And it becomes a problem. I don't know. I'm going to have to agree to disagree. Maybe you can't. I mean, I can't bless anything. So anyway, I'm stuck with I'm just I'm saying. Stuck you, <laughs> if you have a consenting pair, it works. It, apparently, it, it works. I've I've heard from many of people they're like, yeah, my girlfriend blessed my dice last night. No, it worked. It worked really well. And I was like, thank you for doing that science for me because we didn't know. <laughs> you should have like a tally, you know, like all the stats to see. Like, I, <laughs> yeah, but um, I I am known on Twitter, and this is great for me to put this on podcasting form, but it's on a whole bunch of others. Um, I'm known on Twitter as the condensed nightmare, a chaos demon. 
And um, I also am the cult leader of dice of being a dice blesser and or tits and crits. And <laughs> also I have had have that in intro when I talked about you. I should have added that <laughs> and, in there. And uh, and I also have a harem. So it's I'm I'm known <laughs> for many things on this platform. <laughs> I got a bunch of people that are like, Ali, how can I get in this harem? And I'm just like, you need to be non-binary or female. I'm sorry, you're a dude. You don't know what harem means. <laughs> <laughs> so so then do, do I take it that Mutants and Masterminds is a system that uses D20s? I, I, I guess yes. that's a given yes, at this point. It's, it's, all, it's all D20 <laughs> based. Um, I sometimes pull the occasional... Um, D, uh, the D100 or percentile out for uh, stress rolls or panic attack rolls because getting into some men mental illness stuff in my in my games, but um, yeah, that's that's generally what I do with with that. But you do a bunch of D20s, just all of them, all of them that you have. Ooh, that's awesome. And why why did you decide for your actual play? to be using that system like is there is there a reason so, or it just looks fun because you can literally swim in all of the uh D, &D <laughs> podcasts that are out there right now like you can like backstroke through them it's just crazy and sometimes like sure you want to get into a different tabletop gaming podcast but like you don't always want high fantasy you want it to do something you want to do something spicier you want to do something different so we decided on mutants and masterminds because we still wanted to have like the magic element, but we wanted it more sci-fi and more adventure like that. So um, we decided on that take and that worked for us in the end. Um, we tried D&D &D actually prior to, um, prior to Mutants and Masterminds in like a kind of like a sample kind of podcast and it just didn't work out. Like it, we didn't like our characters enough. We didn't, like where the dm put us all and you can tell when an actual play is going to work and when an actual play isn't going to work um and that was one of those times where you're just like this is our first time doing it and this isn't working and i think like four months afterwards we all got together and we were just like let's try again let's not do D D." and i said to the last dm that was on there i want to be an x-men and then Mutants cool. and Masterminds came up. <laughs> nice. And you know what? It's it's really nice to see that there's other... Like, the people that listen to the show know that most of the time when we talk about tips or tricks or, or even our experiences, we're, we're super system agnostic. And it's because, yeah, there's so many systems out there that, you know, D&D, &D, like you said, is the is the the crown jewel. It's the, it's the gateway board. It's the gateway it, game for most people. people a lot of people are just like, sure, D and is out there, but like, there's others, and then there's those people who are just like, D and D is the only good one. And I was just like, but you, do you know? Do you know that D and D is the only good one, or are you just saying that because it's the only thing you've ever played? Yeah, yeah, and I mean, had like, if people don't have time to try the things, that's cool too. Like, I, I'm not gonna yeah. discriminate. Like, and and neither are you. Like, I'm not implying that you yeah. are, but, but you should, if you have the time, definitely test out other systems. And you talked a little bit about liking your characters, right? When you when you were running that first actual play, or you were trying to get get it off the ground, and I and I think that's that's a really interesting topic, and I want to use that to segue into today's topic of conversation, which is character bleed. Um, and and for those of you listening, you know I've talked about character bleed a little bit in the past, but maybe we owe it to the listeners and to ourselves to kind of come up with a, like a consensus on what we mean when we talk about character bleed. Um, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start us off, and then Ali, feel free to, to, to jump in if you have you know, elements of a quote-unquote definition that you think, uh, if you think would make sense or, or should be included. But at a, at a service level, character bleed, to me anyway, is when elements of you as a person, as a player find its way into your character. So whether it's in your role play or, or your decision making or the, you know, the, the mood that you're currently in or the, the emotions that your character is living, it's when you as a person find your way, trickle your way into the character. Um, and I think game masters and players can do this. Like a game master can 
bleed into their NPCs, just like a player can bleed into their character. Sometimes the opposite happens too, where the like the lived experiences of the character finds their way to the player, and like it's this happy intermingling. So, to me, that's what character bleed is. Uh, Ali, mm-hmm. did you have anything to add to that? Um, I I agreed with that actually. Um, another that's another reason. Like when you hear, which is we're going, I'm going to just put it out there because. Toxic player is a toxic player, and a toxic DM is a toxic DM. But when a toxic player or any player says, oh, I'm going to do something problematic, but it's what my character would do, you would then have to look at that player and have to be like, are, is this just what your character would do, or is this something you would do as a human? And I make that comment a lot on my Twitter, like saying, you as a DM can always check in on your players. Checking in is not coddling. A lot of people don't understand that. You can check in where they are. Mental space, you can check in where they are if you mm. know you're about to put them in something traumatic. But also with the players, you have to be a team player. And that's, like, another big thing. Like, I'm just going to speak in D&D terms because that's going to be the majority of who listens to this rather than people are just going to be like, oh, yeah, I totally understand Mutants and Masterminds. Which, by the way, if you do really like Mutants and Masterminds and if you do want to go into something different great do it go forward in fact just yeah look into other stuff it's great but i'm going to talk in D terms just because that's just going to be the majority of the table um yeah absolutely when i play uh in D &D, i often play a multi-class and a lot of people think this is a weird ass multi-class and i don't care i play a uh druid rogue multi-class and um I love that multi-class because I want a thorn whip, but I also want to steal stuff. Like, that's my main thing. But whenever I'm playing the rogue, because rogue is normally my main my main mm, class. You start off with that. I, yeah. I'm not the kind of rogue that's just like, oh, this is going to... I, I don't want to be a team player. I don't want to help my team. I don't want to do that i'm always the type of rogue where i'm just like well let's put my team in danger if i swipe this and the dm goes yeah it probably will but i won't do it so i it's it's not about like oh well this is what my player would do it's like think that you're in a team and no matter what that team is that's what's going to happen and I'm, it's this is me getting spicy about it, because I'm very passionate about it. Like, the whole, this is what my character would do is very much the kid that didn't do anything in the group project and just slapped his name on it, and that's very much how I feel about that. I, I have to agree with you 100%. Like, 100%. People that use the, this is what my character would do, it's just an excuse to get away with doing something that they know they're not supposed to do, that they know is going to be detrimental to everybody else. You know what I mean? Like, that's just... They it's, know it, but they're like, oh, the but most... my character would do it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, one dude. of the most toxic <laughs> no. lines I've ever heard from a character. And I just started DMing not too long ago. And still, whenever I was a player and I would hear other characters say this, because my first actual like D&D experience, I'm going to be honest, wasn't the greatest because I came in as a druid. I didn't come in as a rogue at all. I came in as a druid and I told the DM, I was just like, I think I could play a better rogue than how your rogue is playing because what you're telling me from your rogue is that he's super toxic. And the first session I had with them, because they were already playing, I was just brought in to their game, was Mm. the rogue immediately tried to kill me for no reason. Like, there was no reason. Like, player character to player character. Yeah. And I just came in. (laughs) I came in and I was throwing, like, my character was throwing a pebble at at the house that they were coming out of, and it smacked one of them in the face, and then they just immediately tried to kill me. And the pebble didn't do any damage to them at all. It was just kind of like... Yeah. And, and that was Yeah, it. it's and one it was, of those scenarios that that's kind of sad that that happened. Yeah. I mean, to <laughs> be fair, after, after like, a few sessions, um, the DM at that time was just like, all right, we're done with this. Like, because, to be fair, the rogue was 16, and I was, like... 19 but still like that i understand like if you're like a teen and but like come on come yeah on. you know what you you bring up a good point and i'm not going to defend what that person did because yeah. that's not fun it's not teamwork it's not team play um and that's what role-playing games 
that's what it is. That's what role playing games are. Oh, to, um, to be but, fair, along with that, like he also like just before we like fully like say, oh no, he was a teen, he didn't know better. Um, we were in like a weird battle scenario, like second time we played, and um, instead of helping, that rogue went to the tavern and drank instead. Mm, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> there's there's problems there that are maybe <laughs> a topic for another day, but but I I do think I'll that. Be back on. <laughs> yeah absolutely i'd love to um but what was i saying i was saying what something that can be interesting here is that as a player you know you know like you can think of these options you can be like okay my character could do the terrible thing but i know better like me as a player yes. i know better mm -hmm. so i'm gonna bleed other options into this scenario i'm gonna yeah. i'm gonna think of a way where i can convince my character to do something else and and you know it's maybe meta to say this but i've actually had tables where a care a player said you know my character if they were if they were under this like this situation and under duress they needed to make a decision they would have probably they would probably do x Let's, let's, you know, they would probably run away. They would flee for their life. However, I realize that this is a crappy thing to do. So, like, you guys know my character too. Help me figure out yeah. some internal logic that would justify staying and fighting against this demonic creature. And, you know, I, people come up with it. Yeah. And some people might disagree with that approach, but... It's it's like team brainstorming. You know, you, you pause yeah. the game for a it's, second and think about it's it. It's a team building, it's a team building game to begin with. And some people don't see it like that. There's some people that are just like this shouldn't be your therapy mm. session, but it is. It literally it is. It helps you think out situations, it helps you think out problems, and it turns it into something that could be good or bad. And unfortunately, people can tell your character from your actual player character sometimes and that's that's not like i i've talked to uh matthew from abyssal bruise where he's talked about somebody saying well this is what my character would do and matthew immediately went well then i don't really want you at my table it doesn't really have room for you like he immediately mm. stopped it and i i'm not yeah. saying like every dm should do that but like read your room like if someone's uncomfortable Absolutely. with the situation if someone's uncomfortable with a situation, if someone's already not comfortable with a player, like one of your players, and your player is the problem in making it worse, address it. And like, don't let it like go off for like a few mm -hmm. sessions. No, it shouldn't be like a, well, maybe it was just like a weird day. No, like address it. It's not hard. Yeah, and absolutely. I, and I understand like sometimes talking to people is really difficult, but. Like I said at the beginning, checking in is not coddling. Checking in is saying, hey, this was a weird situation that you were put in. Is this okay? Are you okay? And that's not a coddling offense. And mm -hmm. it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and I'm going to take that. So, you know, we, we kind of kicked off the conversation with a quote-unquote negative uh, yeah, you know, like th this is a negative form of of character bleed. It oh, definitely there's, happens. There's definitely good. There's definitely a lot of good with character bleed. A hundred percent. So, um, let's let's maybe look at and and there might be other negative forms of of bleed. Um, but for now, let's maybe try to switch gears into yeah. into a more positive. Um, so, it, has there been situations in in your actual play, for instance, where character bleed? Has affected the game in like a positive way that 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 you can tell from your goddess yeah. master or game <laughs> goddess seat. <laughs> yeah. So we go through. Um. All, all of my uh, players are, thank God, in the LGBTQ community, and we all very much strive off mental illness, and we make that a very big thing in our podcast. We don't like boast about it. We don't go like, yeah. It's good. We just kind of, it's it's a lot of undertones. Like this is a lot mm. of the mental stress it takes to be turning into basically a superhero when all of your players are very morally gray. Um and it's we we've shown um a lot of what can happen with like toxic relationships in general, abandonment issues, like all of that. And a lot of it can help like 
reflect what you're going through as a person at the time. But sometimes when you're going through that, you're also growing your character and having that story arc go out Mm -hmm. and that along with one another, you'll actually, a lot of the times, especially with me, I see that I'm growing for myself in a situation that makes me feel better. Um, Like currently, like my character, my character also DMing, weird character NPC hybrid. Uh, That's what I call her now. Um, (laughs) She recently started learning to love herself and she recently started learning that she can't fix all of her traumas but they make her who she is and that's learning for her that's like teaching her to like step back from situations go into situations where she knows where it's more healthy of a situation and kind of aligned with that i kind of recently took myself out of a toxic situation with being with one of what used to be one of my good friends where they were getting really, really, really toxic and not good for my Mm. mental health. And I had to step back. And since I've done that, I felt lighter. I haven't felt like I'm letting people down. I, I, it's, it's showing a growth, not only as like your character, it's showing like how you're growing mentally as well. So yeah, Yeah, I still have, I, I still have my character, like, all of my characters in my actual play, they all have anxiety, they all have something going on, and all of them grow from it, and you also, it's it's very much important for me to, I, I they don't know it yet, my players don't know it yet, but I see them when they're going through stuff, so I kind of mimic what their character is going through, and then when they, like, get that, like, sense of reality on them, and they're just like, oh, wow, this is actually going to work really well for my character. Um, About a week later, I get a message from them saying, hey, everything actually worked out and everything's fine. And I'm just like, oh, crazy, really? That's great. So That's it, awesome. Yeah. That's and really great. So, so yeah, they haven't do you noticed feel yet. That... <laughs> <laughs> so, so do you feel then, like, I mean, first of all, power to you for, for talking about topics, you know, of, of such gravitude, Gra- gravitas? gravity anyway you guys listening you understood me um you know talking about mental health in a game yeah. can be heavy right it, it can be it can be heavy so power to you for for doing it and do you feel like there's like it, to, to me it sounds like the game is like a training ground to to address situations in a safe space and then you you get to explore how to react, how to engage with certain things. And then when you figure out something that works, it's validating. It's validating to you as a player, as an, as a person to go and back really and fun. be like, yeah. Yeah. And it's really funny to like having people like listen to this because I guarantee you, if they go and listen to what my podcast is, they're going to be hearing just a bunch of chaos in the room. Like, I don't understand how they're getting any of this. And I, what I'm literally talking about is my skeleton bones. Like, you're not seeing, like, the meat of the situation. You're not seeing, like, the full picture. You're literally seeing, like, us being absolute morons with one another and laughing with each other and cracking up and having a great fucking time. That was my one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, but... I'll say things like we're in, in, like, the last arc that we're actually finishing up at the end of October, um, my character was in an insane asylum, and I put her through absolute, absolute hell, and Mm. I did it for my character growth as an arc, and also for me as a person, so I also kind of had to, I currently have to help another one of my players, because her mother just died so now i have to like go through that very cautiously Mm -hmm. with her too because in game her mom is gone already so i can't really bring that up right now because i know it's not a good topic and it's going back to like reading the room but also your full your full flow like you you need to know exactly when to stop and go yeah, that's a super delicate situation. That like that example even is super delicate, right? Because this is a this is a situation where character bleed is inevitable. You know, it's yeah. it's it, 
no matter how hard a player tries not to have character bleed, it's going to happen. It's I'm, it's just too yeah. it's too close to the heart to the person that it, that it's going to affect them. Um sorry, you were going to say something. I was going to say like my example before like we officially started recording like it was we all we always make the joke about the tiefling sorcerer coming into the campaign about the person that's not out of the closet yet so like anytime someone's like yeah i want to be a tiefling sorcerer and everyone around the table is just like oh do you and it's (laughs) it's like a thing no i'm not saying that every tiefling sorcerer is going to end up with a rainbow flag that's not what i'm saying i'm just saying it's a very common thing it's very much like the the bards going to sleep with whoever they want to uh in the entire party and all the NPCs, the rogue is going to steal all the coin in the town and the uh, barbarian's going to rage. Guess what? The tiefling's probably gay. And that's, <laughs> it's just a stereotype, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah, no, but y- y- I mean, I, if I go back to my analogy, it's really like a, it's like a brainstorm. It's like a training ground for situations that are hard to deal with. And 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 honestly, if you have the if you have the blessing and approval of your players to go into these topics, it makes for awesome role play too. Oh, like God. it makes for amazing drama. And that's yes. what we're I mean, that's what I'm all about. I want to have cool scenes between characters and NPCs. And if you talk to your game master, I mean, this has happened to me before where players come to me and has told me, like, look, I'm having a really crappy week at work. Like, it's terrible. I feel like absolute garbage. I need to just yell. I just need to, like, let it all out. And I'm like, okay, let's make that happen in the game. Let's give you an opportunity to just, like, lose your mind at an enemy or or some villain who's doing something terrible. And you can, like, come in as this hero and, and just, like, explode on them. And that that's not a mental... I mean, maybe it's a mental health situation as well but it happens to all of us where we have a crappy week at work or we have a a frustrating situation and we just have to yell it all out if as a player if you're listening to this if you come across a situation like this and you're comfortable playing it out in your game talk to your game master about it use like use those feelings and let them out at the table you'll feel better outside of the game and if you have a game <laughs> master make a cool if moment. you have a game master honestly that says my table is not your therapy session um kill that game master uh <laughs> like get a better game master because that's literally <laughs> change, change tables yeah change tables <laughs> yeah because i i've seen i saw i'm not even going to give him the uh the clout but there's there's been a person that's running around twitter that's very much a my table is not your therapy session i i had another person that was just like i'm not going to check in on my players if i'm about to put them in a traumatic situation yeah that's not cool yeah and i'm not going to let them have consent i'm just going to do it with them because my players are going to yell at me if i do that they'll think i'm coddling them and i'm just like if you put your players in a, such a compromising situation that will literally... And I, I've tried explaining this to them. And I was just... Because th- th- they were going nuts. And I was just like... So if you're putting them in like a really, really big situation, is that going to be like an issue like for, for this a X, Y, and Z to happen? And some people don't understand that they're like, oh, no, I'll just throw it on them. And if they tell me in-game, oh, I really don't like this then I'll stop and I'm just like okay but if you're in if you're in game you're way too late because at that point if you're in game and you're rolling dice and you're at the table they're going to feel obligated to say yes this is fine when it's not fine yeah it, and it, and sometimes people don't know any better either either right like I've had a situation at my table once I was playing with my wife actually my my wife and some really close friends and I like to think that we all know each other's boundaries extremely well but there came a situation, and, and I'll preface this by saying we had a session zero. We talked about yeah. no-go topics and things that were safe to like explore. But then when you're in the heat of the moment, sometimes you thought it was a safe topic. Like you you thought you it was a safe topic for yourself. And then you're talking about it and you're like, whoa, whoa, this isn't gr- like I'm not feeling super comfortable right now. This is making me feel things that I don't want to be feeling. So and and that's that's okay. 
that's why maybe this is another segue to a topic that's for another day, but that's why you have to have systems in place at your table where you can flag things. Uh, I really like the like red light, yellow light, green light system, Mm -hmm. or even just like a like, "Mm, we're, we're treading into water that I'm not sure how great I feel about. Let's ease off. It yeah. is, it so, makes for a really good way to like feel safe at the how, table so that you yeah. can say, mm, let's slow down. Do you want to know yeah. how I know I'm like in like a good DM situation? So I'm going to call them out and whoever actually wants to go watch it, totally do it. Um, Bowties and Bugbears on YouTube. Uh, I'm actually going to be a part of their Monster of the Week game coming up in October. Awesome. cool. And the first thing I was asked, because they're making it horror-based, because it's Halloween, the first thing I was asked the first day I was on there, which was Monday, mind you, he was just like, "What are? do you have any no-go topics because this is a horror-based? And I'm going to be honest, as someone from Dice Drop Evolution, we are a very, like, hey, this is a content warning, hey, this is a content warning, because we do, do touch on a lot of sensitive topics, and I I am pretty okay with most things, but I did let him know, and if this is a trigger warning, you can either put explicit on it or whatever. I just think it's a very mm. like important thing to say, especially for some DMs um, and players. <laughs> if I said, if you're going to put me in a situation with SA, I'm going to need a warning mm-hmm. or else it might trigger me. And he, he immediately was just like, that's not a thing at my table. Like, I don't, I'm not going to do that to you. We already made that at the beginning a very hard no for everybody. And I was just like, okay, well, you asked me all of my triggers. I'm pretty open to everything, but I, I can't do that. But and that, yeah. that, and that was the sign of this is a good dm they are respectful they understand one they understood my time which was very nice there's some people in the community that don't aren't respectful of others times and i'm not a fan of that um are you saying me because i was late ali no no not (laughs) you no here's the thing you (laughs) can't i was late for tonight's recording No, it's fine. I'm just messing and with you. I'm just no, no, there was a there was another there was another person that decided that they were going to try and reschedule me up to almost six times, and it got to the point where I was just like, I'm not doing this. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so uh, need like respectful of my time for one, respectful of my boundaries too, and respectful of my pronouns because I go by she they and. He was, like, on top of it. He's like, you go by she, they. And I was just like, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Because I, I get asked a lot. They're like, you're she, her. You're she, her. And I'm just like, I'm she, they. But I say, uh, I go by she a lot because no one's going to call me they because it's very rare. Mm. And when people do say, hey, they, I'm just like, and, and it's nice. But it's yeah, yeah. Showing, it's showing the level of what tier of a dm you are and being that like checking off all those lists it's very important and like i said that that like goes for players too hey if you don't know that other player that you're playing with and this is your first time meeting them maybe take the time and all of you guys get into a group chat together to talk about each other's yeses and nos and actually you get to vibe with one another before you go in game or else things might happen. Things might not happen. It might be great. It might be fine. But, like, you don't want to take that chance. And this is just yeah, for and... someone who's also a female in this community where I I mm. sometimes can't take that chance. <laughs> I, yeah. And I think <laughs> most tables... I like to think if you're listening to the show, you already... You know, you value roleplay, you value trust at the table. These are topics of the of, of conversation that we've had several times. Um, but I think the more we have them, the better. So I definitely like. Yeah. I, I think we can never not talk about this enough. Like we or I put too many negatives in there. But anyway, it's a it's a topic that we have to always talk about because if we want to have the juicy roleplay and you want to have trust at your table, you have to have those conversations because otherwise you're going in. And I'll be honest, when I started playing this game, nobody told me 
you're supposed to have a session zero. I never had like my first time as a player, I jumped into a game. There was never these conversations about no go topics. And this was not that long ago. This was like maybe 10 years ago. So I think we've grown a lot. Yeah, but I feel like you're the type of person, Matt, that wouldn't, like, even think to go to some of those topics. And, like, there are people that No, don't no, of course not. But, you know, it, it's it's still nice to talk about it. It's still nice to yeah. know that we should. We, we definitely should. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this maybe to a slightly lighter topic now. Alex, oh, yeah, that's, that's fine. Okay I'm you. sorry. I made it heavy. Um, <laughs> no, no, it's <laughs> I good. Always, I always good. make it heavy or political. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but an, another thing that I want to talk about with character bleed, uh, and I'll, I'll maybe pass it to you in a second, Ali, is using character bleed to, to enrich roleplay. Because I've, I've been told a couple of times by people that, or I've seen, uh, some people say not, like, to try and avoid character bleed as much as you can. And I think that that's a mistake. I think that if you want to play a character that you're going to enjoy playing and you want to have memorable moments as a player, you're better off playing a character who's as true to yourself um, in, in certain elements that you want to explore as possible. So I, I wanted to throw this to you, Ali. Has there ever been a character that you played uh, that was like you? And how did character bleed affect your enjoyment of that character? Um, right now, uh, I play a character right now who, <laughs> whose name is River, and, um, she is the most like me I've ever made a character, and she's also my favorite character that I've ever made. Um, hmm. she, with character bleed with her, we do have similar, like, backgrounds, not, like, full similar, just, like, we have some similarities. Um, uh, I say this, and this is why I say, like, with good characters, is when you, when I play River, when I play a character that I really, like, feel strongly towards, um, they become a parasite. That's what I call them. They, uh, <laughs> they, like, stick to the back of me, and I can, I, I can feel, like, how they feel in a situation. It's not just me going like, mm, what would she do? It's like, this is what she would do. And in, in, yeah. in, in, like, for instance, I'm going to do a spoiler for the episode that just came out because this one we're recording now and the new episode comes out tomorrow. So this is not going to be edited by then. Um, with the, <laughs> in the episode with uh, Matthew from Abyssal Bruce, that's literally coming out tomorrow. Um, I wasn't in that time able to play River to her full extent for, like, four weeks. And that can really, like, hold somebody in when you're not able to, like, fully express your character. Mm -hmm. And, um, Matthew said something. He was just like, I get really close up to River's face. And out of nowhere, just out of nowhere, he, sa he says his little monologue thing. And I go, you need a mint. And it just, it spilled out of me. <laughs> and that was, that was 100% River talking. That wasn't me at all. That was River just going like, bam. And so when it goes to like character bleed like that, um, I think you make your best characters. I'm not going to say when you make them like yourself, you, but like when you have that clear, wow, that wasn't even me talking right now. That was that was somebody else and yeah. not a lot of people quite understand that i think it might be an adhd thing but if it is i'm sorry if that sounded weird no i don't need to talk to somebody or go into i a, i no. just think you're a good actress <laughs> like if because because there's definitely moments where like i have a hard time putting the skin of a character on like it's it's just tough there's something about this character that doesn't vibe with me and i just can't so I, 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 I can't feel them yeah. out and then there, then there's other characters like you're saying, like with River, where it just happens. It just like yeah. And 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 to me, I feel like it's because there's just enough of that character that I can latch onto that I'm like I can get these parts, and then I fill in the rest that I don't maybe understand. When, um, when James was our DM, um, and I was fully able to go into River, and I didn't have to think about other NPCs because now I have to think about other NPCs, so I can't like fully devolve into River, or else I'll stay there for like two hours. Um, but 
when I was fully devolving into River, I'm the main editor on our podcast, too. So I listen back. I edit everything. I fix everything. And I'll message James and I'll be like, I don't remember saying any of this. And he'll be like, what? And I'll be like, that was just River. I don't, like, I, I was out of my body. And he was just like, "You that was like 20 minutes. And I was just like, I don't remember any of this. And it, and it wasn't yeah, just like for the fact cool. of bulk recording. It was the fact that like, I became a different, <laughs> I became a different A different character, really, yeah. 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 And, and, and I think the same can be said about, being a game master right when you're game mastering and you have to come up with npcs on the fly honestly the the biggest benefit to me is i take a piece of my personality that i know like like a one-dimensional component of me as a person and i just exaggerate it like i i make it i ramp it up 300 percent, and that's going to be the npc for the like you know the three-minute interaction that they're having with the party and then if that NPC becomes relevant again, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll flesh them out more. I'm going to give them more than one dimension after that. But in the moment, as a game master, you've you got so many things that you got to worry about. So if you, if you can do that, take a different part of your personality, really focus in on that, slap on like a personality trait or like a, a, just, a, a gesture or like a, 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 a catchphrase or something, slap something yeah. on there. And you're good. Like that's it. You don't have to worry about the NPC. Maybe, maybe take a note of like their name and and the, and the personality trait that you exaggerated, and then leave it at that. Um, I I, have I don't know if to that learn. speaks to you. Yeah, I have to learn because um because I came in mid game as the DM, and there were already like several NPCs already set up for me, so I kind of had to take them from James and like turn them mm. into me and there are a few of those npcs where i just I, it's very hard for me to like get into that personality and there's some where i'm just like i hop right in and it's very easy um i did do one that didn't have anything to do with any of the npcs uh that the prior dm made and it was from our asylum series and she sticks out to me and she was a very random role for me to do i had like a line of certain npcs and like patients in the uh actual asylum that i rolled for and i got one and i was just like okay i have 10 seconds to figure out how i'm gonna act this out and <laughs> the way i did it it was very um resonating to me for some reason i was just like "Ooh, i i like this i'm kind of getting into this and because it's like mutants and masterminds obviously the asylum wasn't just like regular people no they were like creepy mm -hmm. monsters and stuff so um so like what and you're gonna be like you're weird but uh i made her almost like a marionette and I, the way i like when we record like we're seeing each other right now but when i record with my guys we don't see each other like it's just our voices and that's what we do because we're very ugly when we're recording and some of us don't like wearing pants and I think that's absolutely fair. Um, <laughs> but um, I mean, you don't I, see the bottom half of me right now. Yeah, that's fair, actually. I am wearing pants, mind you. I am wearing pants. I don't believe you now. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I made her like a marionette and when I was like doing, when I was going, oh my God, he's showing his pants and he's, he's I'm wearing, wearing pants. Jeans. He's wearing hard pants. He's wearing jeans. Um, <laughs> I had to um, work today. <laughs> I did too. Anyway, I'm sorry. Keep going. Yeah. So I I made her like a marionette. So like when I was like just going into her like body and this was like a split second decision to make her like this. I was like doing the noise, like the cricking noise with my mouth like that. And she was like going like this and i was literally going like this in my uh in my chair no one could see me i looked like an absolute idiot and um <laughs> i i i gave her like a this sort of voice and it like freaked out my characters like ali what is awesome. this and i was like we're going for it this is this is all yeah. i got and for some reason that that care that npc that i will probably never play again i might play again i will probably never play her again really resonated with me and it had nothing to do with what situation i was in it's just some some one character that for some reason spoke to me on a weird level so <laughs> i mean sometimes there's like y y even if 
I know you're not a puppet person. Sometimes it's yeah. just fun. <laughs> it's just fun to try something something different, something something unusual, you know, just to see what happens. Um I know I, I get that. I I love playing for some reason oftentimes I love playing like nervous NPCs or even I have a player character who's like super nervous and it like almost feeds into this part of me because sometimes I can be as a person sometimes I'm just nervous about things other times I'm not not at all but I feel like when you like really exaggerate it it like it's almost cathartic to myself to be like you know what I'm not that nervous I, I I I am sometimes, but like if I let it all out here, the jitters go away in real life. You know what I mean? Like it it's this weird yeah. situation where you play it out in the game, you let it out of your system, and then you feel better about it. Um that that's one of the beauties, I think, of character bleed. Uh, it and it benefits the game. Like it benefits you as a player or as a game master, and it benefits the game in terms of its its content, its variety. And how like real it feels, because it is real. You're you're feeling it. You're feeling it as a person. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I can already feel myself rambling. So maybe I'll change topics and we'll go to Twitter, where we have uh, some. I think uh, a question. There's, is there one or two questions? I I've got one here from Double DM Pod. So I'm gonna say it because Double DM Pod is awesome. We had them on the show a little while ago. Um, Hi, Emil. And, <laughs> um, their question is, or I guess it's email. Yeah, email's question is: Is there a difference in characters in a tabletop RPG actual play show and a home game? And this is with the context of character bleed. So, Ali, I've never taken part in an actual play, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pass this to you. Do you feel like there's a difference? Um, in terms of the characters and the way character bleed affects those characters in an actual play versus a home game. I feel like personally in an actual play, um, the character creation process and the character like process together has to be um, a little bit more exaggerated because you have to keep people amused. And if you have a muted character at the beginning Mm. and it's taking a while for them to actually like move with the team and actually like talk with the team it's not going to work in actually play podcast setting so when you do a podcast with an like doing actual play together you have to think of not only is is do i like this character but like unfortunately you have to think of will others enjoy this character and it's yeah you can't have like a slow burn right no slow burn characters yeah it and that's the difference really within the home game because in a home game it's a home game no one else is listening to you are you having fun that's great you have fun you don't have to have anybody else's amusement you don't have to provide entertainment for anybody else it's just you and your friends all at a table throwing dice and playing pretend and that's great the difference between like the production side of actual plays which is a big reason on why people say hey not everybody should have a podcast like especially in the ttrpg sphere because they're like oh well the and granted we did this granted we were just like we think we're funny and we buy into something but a year later we're (laughs) doing pretty well it's working out so you're doing something right yeah so um (laughs) and not a lot of people like there's some people are just like oh i could never do a podcast and sign for the i didn't say it's for the i don't know what people would like and what people wouldn't like well here's the here's the thing with everything of social media and anything with content you just keep throwing it at people and hope for the best um i found that when i played river more like me more people liked her when Elena was playing Remy, more like her and less like a brat because her character growth was becoming this rich girl that didn't want anything to do with superhero stuff into being a team player, into like going with the team and now she will die for everybody. That's that's like someone people can fall in love with. We have Kyle's character, Oswald, who he he doesn't pay attention to anything. We absolutely adore that for him. We he doesn't pay attention to anything, but he will 
kill someone for you if you hurt one of his friends. And that was a character growth with, with him because a lot with Oswald at the beginning was he didn't care about anything. He was very much mm. a, he was that muted character, but the more he was around his friends and what he now considers family, the more he actually cares and the more he's showing he cares. And it's it's that sort of growth that people are like, oh, wow, I really resonate with that. Oh, wow, I really feel with that. And then there's, like, jokes and everything that are, like, quipped in between, which also keeps people's attention. So you, it, it's an entertainment, it's a production value, and I'm yeah. not saying you can't make characters you don't love. Because, like I said, River is my favorite. I have never made a character that I love more than River. But you have to also think, will my halfling warlock really be the center of attention for everybody if I refuse to have a demon for my <laughs> if I refuse to have a demon for my patron and th- mm-hmm. th- that's just the thing like you you need to find something to keep it interesting and do and you it- find that in the actual play sphere you lean more into character bleed oh, to yeah. enable that oh, connection because yeah. I, I feel oh, like yeah. you almost have to right yeah it makes the feelings like you it just makes more feelings appear yeah. it- <laughs> you can't you can't say okay i'm going to make an actual play podcast but this character is going to have nothing to do with any of my values it's not going to work yeah. it's not going to work at all it's not going and here's the thing i tried and this is this is me saying i even tried it because i we had a starter podcast before this one and it flopped and we we i my character then was a fire genasi bard and i learned that i can't play bards and that's mm. fine i love bards i will hype them up every day i am a rogue at heart but like i i can't play a bard and that is okay <laughs> yeah no absolutely and it's cuz i i've had conversations with folks before some, some some of my friends some people in the tabletop rpg you know world and so, sometimes this idea of playing something completely different that's not you can be exciting right like it, it can be interesting um to just take the opposite of me and let's see if i can play that character but at, but at the end of the day it's going to be really difficult i find or in my experience it's it's been hard to play a character that isn't me like you yeah. said if they don't have values that are similar to yours it's going to be hard to make split second decisions about how they would react in a situation and for those situations and for those decisions to be interesting so if you're playing at a home game you can flop around as much as you want because it's just like you said ali it's exactly like you said it's for the entertainment of your own table not for other people listening um but i i definitely don't see that working out <laughs> in a in a published yeah. kind of uh, environment so- so just so people can have a laugh, uh, the character I'm talking about, the Fire Genasi Bard, was a soft-spoken and very just, like, didn't really have opinions at all sort of character. And mm. I don't know if you could tell from this, I don't know, maybe 45 minutes that I've been talking, I have a lot of opinions <laughs> and I am not soft-spoken about them. So it, you need to find a nice middle ground. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, so with that, I think we answered Emil's question uh, about about tabletop RPGs and, and home games and that kind of thing. But I, I do, it, it, it did make me think of another question. And again, I'm going to lean in on the, the character bleed. But has character bleed ever affected you, Ali, or, or players at your table in a way where they were like, almost like it was bad and, and again i don't like we talked about the toxic thing we that's one yeah. side of the spectrum but maybe i'll give a bit more context like it, it's happened to me before where you just don't want to you just don't want to address those feelings tonight yeah. you know you're playing your game and under normal circumstances you'd be okay with it but tonight i just don't want to deal with 
being sad. I, you know, I just don't want to deal with it tonight. So, how would you try to avoid that scenario where the character, like, like you're trying to avoid the emotions bleeding through? Um, Is that something that you've had to experience, or, so or do you have suggestions on how to do that? Personally, I haven't had to experience it, and the reason being, I believe, because you check in with your with your mm. players. You need to check in with them. And if you check in with them and they say, hey, I'm not feeling too great, or hey, I probably won't have a lot of energy in this session, you can probably avoid those situations. I've had Kyle many of times say, hey, I have, like, no energy today. I said, all right, it'll be a light day for you. And if you do have a lot to do, if you do, like, decide, hey, I want to speak up and put, put put yourself in something, I'll put you in something. But it's a very easy way and this is like me saying from like an actual play standpoint because sometimes characters are fine with just or sometimes players i always mix up players and characters it's the same they're the same thing um sometimes players are fine with just sitting there and watching what's going on sometimes it's more entertaining if they just don't have the energy for it that day and you can always be like oh okay you want to go up into the library tower and study because you're a wizard so you can get some more spell slots you can do that i'm going to role play with them while you do that is that okay and they'd be like yeah that's totally cool it's a check-in it's not coddling uh, it's a fuck that's a fuck check-in <laughs> <laughs> i stopped myself well it, it's a check-in <laughs> yeah no it's awesome and ali i i really appreciate that answer because that's that's the answer i was hoping you would say right it's you don't have to deal with the scenario if you say something about it like if you if you bring it up to your game master you don't have to deal with it you don't have to deal with those emotions if you bring it up um and i say bring it up if you talk to your game master before the game and say that you you know you don't want to go there tonight or or for the next couple of nights or until i tell you otherwise um yeah so so that's i guess the answer to my own question yeah. too like i i agree with you 100 percent the way to avoid going into a scenario where character bleed might happen is you as a person have to what's that sorry they said you gotta check in (laughs) yeah you gotta check in you gotta you gotta say something you you got you gotta bring it up um i've even kind of done uh, sorry, oh, I was gonna say, and sometimes there's kind of weeks where everybody just can't. Everybody just doesn't have the emotional capacity for it. Sometimes you have to ask, "Hey, do you want to take this night off?" And that's okay. It's okay to take a night off. And this is somebody who's coming from a production standpoint where I need content literally a hundred percent of the time. It's okay to take a step back. It's not going to destroy your campaign. Just please get back to it because I hate seeing a table die. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, you're right. Um, plan the next game. <laughs> yeah. Always have a game planned or a, a, a time to meet up. Um, and if the topic, like, like I said before, if the topic of conversation or the topic of the game somehow weaseled its way into something that you didn't know you didn't want to talk about, there's a way for the game master to make that go away. And you as a game master, it's your responsibility to make it go away if your players come up to you and say, you know what, I didn't think this was going to bother me, but it does. So you just erase it from the game. It's, it, it's no longer canonical. It, you know, you make a new thing happen. Done. That's the beauty of being the authors, collective authors of this game world together is that you get to do whatever you guys want to do or, you know, whatever the table wants to do. So anyway. Um. Yeah, we're we're running a little to the end here, Ali. Was there anything, yeah. any last words that you had about character bleed or about you know to- touching on topics that can be heavy but cathartic? Is there any last last words that you have about that? Just, or takeaways, uh, big I, takeaways. My, my big kit takeaway on everything is, and it all goes back because I I will preach this every day on my Twitter if I have to. I do not care about the amount of haters that I get because I do get them surprisingly. Um, 
getting consent from everybody at the table for anything like in it, it's and like i'm not like a saying like hey i know your character is afraid of heights but like i'm going to put you on back of this griffin and you're going to fly around everywhere that's not the type of consent i'm telling you about that's that that's like stupid tiny like no i'm talking about like hey are you okay with abc are you okay with this um are you okay with abandonment are you okay with talking about your mental illness um where you are at in the table with everybody and i think if everybody has and this is because i know there's going to be some person i know i know there is because sometimes they teach i'd love to teach rbg space some of y'all are real jerks sometimes um (laughs) (laughs) but i'm not saying oh yeah no you have to get like this um consent form signed and everything and then i'm just a crazy lesbian girl that doesn't know anything about ttrpg how dare i be in this space how dare i be a successful ttrpg person Ah. um (laughs) just like getting a full consent of everything so me going to my players as an example saying hey i want to do this insane asylum arc is this okay if i do this this or this and they're like Yes, but don't make it too gory. That's the consent. And you go to every one of your players or have them all in a group chat. If one of them isn't messaging back, you text them and be like, look in the group chat or is this okay? And get the yay or nay. Because before I could even start my finale arc for anything, I had to get that okay from everybody and i wasn't going to do it if they said i would rather you do something else Mm -hmm. and that's what i'm talking about consent wise so if you know you're going to do something that might be a little spicy might be a little bit spicy that might put somebody at your table who's known to have anxiety who might have adhd who might have autism who might have anything if you gave them the consent hey is this okay that's going to make your table healthier. That's going to make your players happier. That's going to make literally your life so much easier because then you know the yeses and nos to everybody at your table and then the role playing's just going to get better and the gameplay's going to get better and everything's going to get better. So the the word of the day right now is cons- and please get it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, abso- yeah, absolutely. So that that's a great takeaway. Um if I can add to that once you know the things you can and cannot talk about makes your job as a game master and as or as a player so much easier because you don't have to worry about am i going into something that i shouldn't be talking about you know it's all been figured out and then you can really leverage the tool that is character bleed or player bleed or whatever it's so great for role play as long as you're bleeding quote unquote topics that you're everybody's happy with and everybody's okay with um i'll i'll touch on again the the tools you know put in systems at your table that uh, allow people to take a time out that allow people to flag topics that they thought they were okay with at first and then you know as the conversation goes on they're kind of like oh i don't know anymore let's stop the time like you can have a timeout system a to system a red light orange light whatever i i would encourage you to have it even if you don't if nobody ever uses it having it makes everybody feel better because it's like this tool that you can use it's this thing that you can bring up um and uh yeah so so that's that's character bleed that's consent i think the two of these things go super close together right because we're we're opening up our hearts as players when we're at a table you're opening up your heart and you want to make sure that everybody's okay poking at it and poking at oh, yeah. certain parts of it. Yeah, yeah, um, totally. Yeah, so I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Uh before we go into the conclusion of the of the of the show, I'm going to pass it over to Ali. Ali, uh, where can people find you? Where can people listen to Mutants and Masterminds or or that uh Monsters of the Day show that you're part of? All all these things, plug everything, yeah. all your socials. So- yeah, no problem. So, um, you can find me at dice underscore drop. That is not my personal Twitter, however, as the one I am mostly on. And if you go to my personal Twitter, you will notice that it's dead. Um, so follow us on <laughs> dice underscore drop, and that's our main Twitter. Um, you can find us on literally anywhere. You look up 
you can listen to podcasts. If you look up Dice Drop Evolution, we will pretty sure we'll pop up anywhere. I'm pretty sure if you look up Mutant Masterminds, we might pop up everywhere too. That's a fun little, it's a fun little awesome. like trick. Um, you can also, if you are looking into getting into uh, Mutant Masterminds or away from away from D&D. Uh, we're also now an affiliate with uh, Green Ronin and Green Ronin Publishings. And if you look, if you add our um, promo code in your checkout, if you want to like get some new games and stuff, uh, you, you can get 5% off in the store. And the promo code's just dice drop. Cool. And just slap that in there. And then you'll be supporting us too, and that's pretty cool. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, yeah, so you guys should definitely go check out Dice Drop. Go check out Ali and, and see what Mutants and Masterminds is all about. Um, and if you guys have questions that you, you want to reach out to us for, you can you can use uh, the, the Twitter, Dice underscore Drop, to, to reach out to Ali, or you can yeah. contact me at contact or contact roleplaychat at gmail.com or roll underscore play underscore chat on Twitter. I'm happy to have uh, conversations on there with whomever wants to. Um, and with that, I don't know if you have any parting words, Ali. If you DM me something weird, I won't accept the message. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks so much, Ali, for being on the show. This was an awesome conversation. And, uh, and yeah, let's call it a chat. Yeah, cool.